What's up, guys? Welcome to Pillar Talk, where we're trying to create a valuable resource for post-acute leaders like yourself. And our only hope is that together we can make our care setting better. So uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, today, we're going to actually talk about a subject that you guys sent us. So we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate you reaching out, giving us topics that you'd like to hear more about. If you're somebody that would like to hear uh, about a certain topic or you have an opinion of something or you want to want to hear our opinion of something, reach out to us. You can always get a hold of us on our website, qualitylhc.com, qualitylhc, as in legacyhealthcareconsulting.com. And just go to the Pillar Talk tab, drop us a line, let us know what you think, let us know what you want to hear about. Um, some of you guys took that advice and reached out and wanted to hear more about boundaries. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about the subject of boundaries and how to appropriately set those boundaries and kind of how we, I think, how we've arrived at it being a subject that people want to hear more about. In my opinion, I think the reason we're here right now is because a lot of people are caught in this vicious loop or cycle of boundary violation, right? People are just continuing to, um, you know, what what makes you feel like maybe walk on you or cross that line a little bit. And I think the biggest factor that's contributing to that is what we've talked a lot about here on the show is uh, short staffing or staffing shortages, right? Open positions. Um, we all know that right now, in any skilled nursing facility, probably in a lot of assisted living facilities across the country, um, we certainly have staffing shortages. And there really hasn't been a significant solution. Um, there has there have been some buildings that have figured it out, but by and large, as, as a care setting, we are still struggling with that. And when you're short-staffed, then you're overworking the staff that is still there causing burnout. We've talked about all that. So I think that that's why this is becoming more of a popular subject. And that that violation, that boundary violation cycle that I'm talking about, like you guys all know it, right? You've lived it. Like they're people, I would say bosses, I would hesitate to use the word leaders because leaders are better than bosses. Bosses are in position. Leaders are people that actually care about you. So I feel like bosses or peers or coworkers, right? They cross a boundary. That, that's step one in the cycle. They cross a boundary. They ask you to do something that maybe isn't your job, ask you to do more, ask you to pick up another shift, kind of put pressure on you to do this thing. And you comply, right? You say, yes, you're a great person. You got a bleeding heart. You're a wonderful, you know, nurse or leader or whatever your role is within the organization. You say yes. And you sacrifice your own needs. So that's step two of this cycle, right? First, they cross the boundary. You comply, kind of, you know, put yourself on the back burner, your needs on the back burner. You say yes. Um, and now that you've done that once, their expectations increase, right? you get more work. All of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we know Chris will do it. We'll just ask him to pick up this shift. Or we know Chris will stay another hour. We'll just ask him. Or right, you know, census wise, when some buildings, uh, <laughs> their census is low, but the region, right, we still need to hit our regional numbers. So you lean more on the people, the top performers, and you get more out of those people while the bottom feeders continue to get to do, you know, whatever the hell it is that they do. Um, so that cycle is going to continue to repeat itself, right? They're going to violate you're going to accept, 
They're going to expect more of you and put more on your plate. And that's a vicious cycle that continues until either you burn out, which we don't want to have happen, or you stop the cycle. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how you can stop the cycle, hopefully how you can prevent the cycle from ever starting to begin with. But a lot of you are already in it. So how do we stop it? So let's talk about that. All right. As we sat here and thought about how do we stop this cycle, we drew some inspiration from Maslow, from psychology, right? And his hierarchy of needs. And we created kind of the legacy hierarchy of boundaries. Okay. So uh, same rules apply as hierarchy of needs is that you have to satisfy the lowest level first before you can move to the next level of the pyramid, right? There's six levels and you got to get level number one satisfied before you can move to two, three, four, five, and six. And we're going to talk about each of these, but in, you know, just a quick overview, those six areas that we believe have to be satisfied in order for you to establish boundaries kind of enforce those and make sure that they are not violated and you either stop the cycle or prevent the cycle from happening are um, communication, right? we got to have solid communication. That's the foundation. That's the base level of our pyramid that has to exist first. You have to be a really great communicator um, so that you can tell people about your boundaries. Uh, you have to then move to, once you're a good communicator, you have to move to being able to set boundaries everywhere in your life because we believe the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you don't have boundaries at home, if you don't have boundaries with your nutrition, with your own discipline, then like really how are you going to set boundaries at work? You got to have that. Um, then you have to really understand yourself, right? You have to understand your working style. You have to understand how you're efficient. You have to understand your energy, the way you're feeling about things, you know, when something feels off, what to do about it. So you have to have some self-understanding, right? That's the third kind of step in our pyramid. Um, and then you have, you know, once you get through communication, setting some boundaries in all areas of your life, and you understand your workflow and yourself, then you have to understand, do you align with the mission of the organization that you're part of? Is there mission alignment? Are you satisfied with their mission? Do you feel purposeful? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel motivated to help them accomplish their mission? You get through that, then you have to absolutely define your priorities, right? And you have to get comfortable with the complete sentence of no, right? You have to be able to say no to people. You ha that is a really important thing. So get past the understanding yourself, you're aligned with the mission. Now, you know, you have to set your boundaries at work. You have to let people know what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. And then you have to be prepared. You have to, and we're going to talk about this. You have to be prepared with an exit strategy, right? If you're not going to get the respect, if you're not in an environment where you're respected, if your boundaries are continually crossed, like how long are you going to tolerate that? You have to put yourself in a position to be able to make an exit so that you are the one in power you're not held hostage. So we're going to talk about all six of those kind of areas, but I just wanted to give you an overview of it first, because I really think if you guys picture this as a pyramid, a hierarchy, that's how we designed it, right? If you satisfy each step of the pyramid, then you'll get to that top. And hopefully you don't get to a point where you have to make an exit. But if you know that you can, you're a hell of a lot more in control of everything. If you feel confidently that when it's time to make a change, you can make a change and it's not going to hurt you to do so. Okay, let's get into the, each of these. So that first area, communication, we've talked a lot about it, right? The um, Obviously, communication is important in everything that we do. Uh, I think that if we, you know, if we place value on things, I, I don't know if there's any more valuable of a skill in the world than, than you 
you know, your ability to communicate your feelings, your thoughts, your desires um, in your personal life, professional life with yourself, right? Having conversations with yourself. I know that sounds a little crazy, but um, you have to be able to communicate. So, but in this sense, with communication, um, with setting boundaries in, in this area specifically, we want to talk about, you know, you got to remain professional. Okay. So you, you got to be respectful. Obviously, when we're talking about boundaries, a lot of times you're talking to a supervisor, you're talking to a boss, you're talking to somebody that has some influence over your position and your employment. So you want to remain professional. Uh, the other thing, you have to keep your emotions in check with communication. You have to be able to take the feelings out of any conversation that you're having and just be able to be clear and consistent with your communication. We've talked about clear, consistent communication in the past, but really I think this is extremely important to restate. You know, you have to be very clear and you have to remove emotion and you have to remain professional with, with these conversations. Okay. And then uh, like, like everything else with communication is that proactive listening. Are you hearing what is expected of you? Are you hearing what others are doing? Are you hearing the mission? Are you hearing, you know, are you actually understanding what's being said, understanding the expectations of you, and then how you fit into the overall mission? You have to understand that. And so you have to actively listen. Um, and again, with communication, we've talked about this before, but it is, I think with boundaries, it's even more important to be able to explain why you're not willing to do something, right? Explain your why, explain why you believe that's inappropriate for you to, to do, um, or why you don't feel like that's your responsibility or it should be your responsibility, right? Really understand the why. Um, and probably the most important thing with communication in terms of boundaries is being proactive. The, the more communication and conversations that you can have before there's a problem proactively, the more effective you're going to be than if you try to have conversations in the heat of the moment, after you feel like somebody's crossed the boundaries, after you've been asked to do something, after they're scrambling to get a shift covered or any of that stuff. If you can set the tone early on and you can proactively communicate before things get out of hand. It will help you keep your emotions in check. It'll help you be able to explain the why a lot better and you'll be more effective. And then you're going to give other, you know, you're going to give people in the organization a chance to solve the problem without it looking like you left everybody kind of high and dry, right? So be proactive with your communication, be able to explain why you're not willing to do something actively listen to the expectations, the role, the goal, all of that stuff, be able to clearly, consistently communicate without emotion and professionally. If you can do those things, that first, you know, that first base level of the pyramid is now satisfied and we can move to the second level, which is going to be setting boundaries in other areas of your life. Okay. So let's move on to setting boundaries in the other areas of our life. Okay. So we are firm believers here at Legacy. We're firm believers that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? That's why we are very particular about paying attention to detail, why we care so much about um, fitness levels, energy levels, our focus, our organization, all of those things, because we feel like the way you, you do one thing influences the way you do everything else. And so setting boundaries at, at home, you know, in relationships, those things are going to help give you practice of how to set boundaries in the professional setting, right? And so we want you to be able to set boundaries in all areas of your life to include with yourself, right? Sometimes those are the hardest boundaries to set. But, you know, if you can set boundaries with yourself, 
then you're going to end up being a lot more effective in setting boundaries with other people. And that's important. Okay. So as you set boundaries in, in all areas of your life, you are going to help train people on how to treat you. You're going to educate people on what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Okay. Just like we talked about that vicious cycle before of once you kind of allow something to happen, once you take on an additional task, you know, people just expect more of you. Well, the same thing happens when you condition people that you're not willing to do it, that you're not willing to do something that isn't your responsibility, that you're not willing to do more work than everybody else while no one else seems to be contributing. Um, We talked about this a lot when, when I was a liaison with like referrals and stuff, like referral sources. If I took a challenging referral, you know, somebody with substance abuse that maybe didn't have um, a payer source or, you know, was younger than your typical population in, in, a, in a nursing facility, right? That conditioned the case manager that now I was the place to go for that type of referral. But the opposite was true when I would train them that that wasn't appropriate and I'd let them know where was appropriate or, you know, why we weren't appropriate and what would need to happen in order for that to be an appropriate placement. That would also train them and condition them on how to refer to me, what was appropriate to refer to me and what wasn't. So you are training people how to treat you, whether you're actively setting boundaries or not. You know, your acceptable behavior, the stuff that you're willing to accept, the way you're treated is conditioning people around you to treat you a certain way. So if you don't like the way you're being treated, you have to look at, hey, how am I how am I teaching people how to treat me? What boundaries am I setting? What have I done to cultivate a system of respect for myself from from the world, right? From relationships you're in, your children, your spouse, professionally, right? And if you're not setting boundaries with yourself, if you're not setting expectations of yourself, then the the rest of the world is following suit. They're not going to respect your boundaries because you don't. So you have to take care of yourself first. So again, back to the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. If you, when you, not if, because it's going to be when, when you set these boundaries effectively, you're going to cultivate, you know, a stronger self-esteem. You are going to be a confident person that then the world has to show respect to because you respect yourself. So, you know, you have to know your worth. You have to know that you are a valuable employee. You have to know that you're a talented nurse. You're a talented leader. You're somebody that deserves respect and that you can't be piled on and continue to to operate at an optimal level, right? You want to be able to be the best nurse, best leader, best whatever your role is. You want to be the best at that. But if people kept dogpiling on you, then you can't effectively do your role. And then you're not contributing to the mission. You're not satisfied. You're unhappy. All of that stuff leads to burnout. So how do you, you know, you have to know your worth. You start practicing this, right? And then you're going to increase your self-esteem. So, um, the other part with kind of setting boundaries in all areas of your life is you part of setting boundaries is pra- the practice of, of healthy detachment. You have to have healthy detachment. OK, and what what I mean by that is you have to remove kind of the emotion from the situation and you have to understand you only control what you can. And you have to forget about the rest. And that's a hard thing to do, especially for uh, nurses and people that are caring for other humans. It is really hard to remove the emotion from the situation, but you have to be able to do that. Um, And you have to, again, don't waste your energy on stuff that's outside of your control. 
really focus on the stuff you can control because you only have a finite number of hours in a day, finite number of energy, you know, level of energy in, in your uh, your lifetime. And so don't waste it on stuff that's beyond your control. Um, and again, like I said before, you know, this whole practice of setting boundaries, you ultimately what you're trying to do is teach people how to treat you. And it has to start with you. Right. Have to start with yourself. You have to set boundaries for yourself. This is why we talk. I know you guys are probably sick of hearing about it, but this is why we talk about like fitness level and nutrition and those kind of things, because those are boundaries, too. Right. Are you going to eat that cheeseburger? Then you're you're not respecting your boundaries of health. And then you're you are going to feel a little less confident about yourself. You're not going to feel as good. You're not going to feel as strong. You're not going to feel as healthy. Energy is going to go down. Right. It has this cascade effect. It all starts with a boundary. What are you willing to accept? What standard have you set? Are you willing to follow that boundary? If you don't follow the boundaries, then nobody's going to either. So you have to really take care of yourself, put yourself as a priority. So again, setting boundaries in all areas of your life, not just work. You practice it at home, practice it in relationships. And then when you bring it to the professional setting, you're a lot more confident and a lot more capable of doing it effectively. All right, let's move on to kind of the third area. Okay, so we've satisfied communication, we've satisfied setting boundaries in all areas of our life. So we're going to move on to that third tier of the pyramid, which is self-understanding. Really understanding yourself, your style, your work style, your energy, listening to your, I mean, the best way to say it, like it's a little hippy dippy stuff that I get into sometimes, but is really understanding your energy, your, you know, what's going on inside. Um, and how do you how do you work most efficiently and most effectively? If you understand your energy and you're in tune with it, then when things get off track, when energy's off, you know that you need to make an adjustment. A lot of times at work and in life, but at work, when things are off, a lot of times it has to do with boundaries. You feel like you're doing more than other people. You feel like you're not being respected. You're not being appreciated. That um, you, you're the only one doing this thing. You know, you're the only one stepping up or whatever. Or you're working twice as hard as everybody else. And, you know, a lot of times that's where your energy gets off. Is that you're just feeling out of whack because all of these other things that are going on. So you have to listen to yourself. You have to understand, okay, something's off here. And the more proactively you can do it, the earlier you can do it, the easier it is to adjust. If you go on for six months of being unhappy, that's where you're going to get to burnout or that's where you're going to be miserable. And then all of a sudden now you're a bad employee or you're you're not a team player. You're this, you're that. And we burn out really good people. We're, this care setting is really good at that, unfortunately. We see turnover a lot of times and we, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's the person. But a lot of time it's the organization, right? People just, we just... We squash people and we kill their energy and then they move on and we wonder what the heck. Um, but really, we can fix that by us individually can fix it by paying attention to our energy and catching stuff early on. So an, an area with this is you have to give yourself permission to do your best work. If you're like, hey, I want to be the best director of nursing that I possibly can be. And you define that like all the things that the best director of nursing in the entire world would do. What are those yeah, what are those characteristics? What are those traits? What do those behaviors look like? Right. Define that and then give yourself permission to be that. And then anything that falls outside of that, you give yourself permission to say no to. Right. So you have to first have a vision of what you want to be as an employee, as a leader, as a director of nursing, for example, in this case, um, whatever you want to be. 
And then you have to give yourself permission to be the best version. And in order to be the best version, you have to eliminate all the stuff that doesn't fall into the bucket of being the best at that. So really look at, visualize what do you want to be, what do you want to accomplish, and then how do you get there, and then eliminate everything else. Give yourself permission to say no to that other stuff. And those will become your boundaries. What you're not willing to do, now you've set your boundaries, now you condition the world to say, hey, this is what I'm willing to do because I'm trying to be the best, right? Somebody wants to be the, the you know, Tom Brady, right? Man, I, I can't even get into all of the stuff that he was willing to say no to in order to accomplish his goal as being the greatest quarterback in the history of the world, right? You want to be the greatest whatever. There has to be a lot of stuff you're willing to sacrifice, and those sacrifices become your boundaries. I'm not willing to do this. That's what I won't do because it's going to detract. It's going to detach or, sorry, distract me from my goal of being the best at this. So um, give yourself permission to do the best work possible. Um, and then in that same vein, you got to have a plan. We just kind of talked about it, but we've talked about planning and how important it is. But if you go into work every day willy-nilly with no plan, no goals, nothing that you need to accomplish to define a successful day, then you let the day dictate you, right? You let the work environment dictate you. And we all know that a lot of us work in facilities where maybe it's not a great work environment, where the culture is suffering, where the workload is a lot because we are short staffed. People are sick. People are dying every day. We are in a stressful environment. So if you go into a stressful environment and let the environment dictate you, you're going to be stressed. Surprise. Hello. Right. You have to put tools together that allow you to dictate the environment, not vice versa. So you have to have a plan that allows you to understand what you want to accomplish today, how do you define today as a win, and then go in and do it. And anything that falls outside of that plan, no, sorry, not willing to do it. Nope. Here's what we're doing. Here's how my plan contributes to the mission. And here's my role in the plan. And if it doesn't fall in this bucket, sorry, I don't have time for it. Thank you. Find somebody else, right? Like, it makes you sound like a dick. It makes you sound, you know, not like a team player. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. You're, you're the ultimate team player if you are the greatest in your role. And the only way you can be the greatest in your role is if you do your role so well that you don't have time to do everybody else's, right? I'd rather have someone that's phenomenal director of nursing, that's amazing, is doing all the things I need a director of nursing to do that isn't a floor nurse, right? Because part of being a director of nursing is super effective. Guess what? Recruit, retain, develop nurses, fill those positions, do all that stuff so you don't have to be the floor nurse, right? I don't need a 10% director of nursing and a 90% floor nurse, right? That doesn't help me. Now, now, how are we getting ready for state? How are we auditing charts? How are we making sure the nurses are being developed, grown, you know? So define what your plan is, what you're the best at, and then say no to everything else. Another thing in that kind of understanding self, you know, understand technology. What can, how can you leverage technology to, technology to improve your efficiency? improve your effectiveness, right? Your phone can either be a huge asset or a huge liability, right? Assets increase in value over time, liabilities decrease in value over time. So your phone can either be something that you use as a tool or something that it just totally cripples you, right? You can be getting emails at all hours of the night and you can be working 24 hours a day now, right? There's, every, there's a lot of people that work remotely. So you have to define you have to really establish how technology can, can help you. You should also define how it can hurt you so that you can be aware of that and prevent it, um, prevent it if you can, for sure. So again, as we're moving up this hierarchy of, of boundaries, right, we've satisfied communication. We're good communicators. 
we've set boundaries in other areas of our life to practice to be able to set those effectively at work because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Um, we have a little bit of self-understanding, okay? So we understand how we work. We understand what triggers us. We understand what satisfies us. We understand that we've given ourselves permission to be the best version of our role, okay? So now we're ready to move on to the fourth area, which is our mission alignment with the organization that we work with. Do we align as close to 100% with the mission of the organization we work for or not? The more closely you align with the mission, the belief, the why, the easier work is. Then your your boundaries might get a little bit blurry because you might be willing to compromise a little bit because you believe in the mission so much. So if you really believe you work for an amazing organization, me, I believe I work for an amazing organization. I love Legacy Healthcare Consulting. It's my favorite job in my whole life. My boss is amazing. He's a great guy. He's always listening to me. He's always talking to me. He cares about my development. He pays me well. He shares with me. He, he cares, right? So it's easy for me. My boundaries are a little blurry because I'm willing to work anytime, any place. Get on the microphone, nine o'clock at night. Doesn't really matter to me because I love what I do. So the more closely you align with your organization, your mission, your values, your role, it might be a little bit harder to define those boundaries, but it's going to be super satisfying because you're going to be happy, right? You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to feel like there's purpose, right? When you're connected, you're just happier. It's more satisfying. So um, it's easier to ensure your boundaries. If I guess it's not easier because the boundaries do get a little blurry, but they don't feel like boundaries anymore, right? They don't feel like they're being violated because you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, so you have to look at the greater good, right? And I think that does help you define boundaries, even if you are aligned with the mission. If you really are truly aligned with the mission, then you're able to use that as a filter to say, hey, does this contribute? Does this help get us to where we're trying to go? If you're trying to be a five-star facility, is what you're doing, is what you're being asked to do going to contribute to that or not? If it is going to contribute to it, are you the appropriate person that should be doing it? If not, who is? And how do we get to that point, right? Have a plan to kind of be able to get to where you, where the mission needs you to go. And it shouldn't be, you know, not everything should fall in the same couple of people because that will lead to burnout, even if it does fall into the mission, right? Say our mission is to get to a five-star. Well, we do need to fill open positions. We need to make sure we have adequate RN staffing, right? In order to make sure that our QMs go up, make sure that our staffing star rating is a five, right? It all contributes. It is contributing to the mission, but should it be the same two, three RNs? No, because that's going to ultimately take away from the mission when they get burned out and they leave. So you have to look at it a little bit deeper than, hey, just the simple bucket, does it contribute? Yes, but is it the, does it contribute in the most effective way? And if it doesn't, then what does and how do we fix it? Okay, so make sure once you have communication satisfied and you've set boundaries in other areas in your life and you understand yourself and your workflow, then just understand, are you aligned with the mission of your organization? If you're not aligned with the mission of your organization, then everything is going to feel like a daunting task. Everything's going to feel like it's getting piled on. You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be fulfilled. So if you don't align with the mission of your organization, then really you're, you're always going to feel violated. Um, it's important. It's important. So make sure that you are aligned. And that's something you could do on the front end, right? As you're interviewing, as you're looking at jobs, as you're looking, make sure you understand what, what's the culture like. 
What's the mission? What's success? How do they define those things? And do I align with that? If I do, if it resonates with me, then cool, let's go. If not, let me keep looking. Let me find somewhere, okay? All right, so we're moving on to the fifth, our fifth little tier. We're getting towards the top of our pyramid now. So we got communication established. We've set some boundaries everywhere in our life. We understand ourselves and our workflow and how, you know, what makes us happy. We understand that we are now aligned with the mission of the organization. We're feeling good about it. So now we get to a little bit of the fun part. Now you get, now that you're aligned with that mission, right? You think this is the right place for you right team for you, right role for you. Now you get to define your priorities and you have to get comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. Can I stress that enough? You have to get comfortable so that you are confident in understanding the fact that no is a complete sentence. You have to be okay with saying no and not having to explain why, right? You don't have to explain every damn thing, why you're saying no to something. The why is it doesn't align with your role your mission. Okay. So be, get comfortable saying no. So again, as you set boundaries, as, especially if you're somebody that already works somewhere and you feel like you're in that cycle we talked about at the beginning, that, that endless loop of somebody violating your boundaries all the time, this is going to be a little bit harder for you to start at this point. Now you still need to start at the bottom of the pyramid and make sure those other things are satisfied. Even if you already are in it, you have to go back and assess each one of those steps first. But once you whether it's a new organization, new role, new whatever, or existing, you will, you should expect some pushback at the beginning, right? People are not going to be used to anyone setting boundaries, especially if you've already kind of been in this cycle of dealing with this stuff, then people are going to think you're crazy when you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not willing to do that anymore. I'm putting my foot down. Here's why. Right. You don't have to explain why, but sometimes you do. So you don't seem like a total dick. But no is a complete sentence. And I encourage you to use it um, as you're having these conversations. Again, remove emotion. Don't make anything personal. And here's an important one. Respond. Do not react. Think about that. Respond. Do not react. So in the conversation, when you're having these conversations, when you're dealing with the situation, respond appropriately, be professional, remove emotion, don't make it personal, do not react, do not get frustrated. If you feel like somebody's insulting you, if you feel like someone's questioning your work ethic, questioning whether or not you're a, a good team member, no, 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 respond critically, think about it, have your conversation planned out. Understand that you're being the best teammate in the world when you're doing your job better than everybody else. Again, go back to that Tom Brady example. You know, Tom Brady will get on receivers' asses when they drop the ball. He couldn't throw, the, you know, his wife said it after a Super Bowl, he can't throw the ball to himself, right? He can't throw the ball to himself. You are going to do your job so freaking well. And the only way you can do your job so well and make sure everything is perfect in your department is if you're not having to pick up and do everything in other departments. You're not having to catch the ball yourself, right? You can't throw and catch it. So you have to be able to respond, not react. Keep your emotions in check. Have those conversations. Set those boundaries. You need to create if-then agreements. If this occurs, then this is what's going to happen. If this is violated, this is what's going to happen, right? If-then. Set up those agreements with your team, with your supervisor, with your boss, with yourself. If this occurs, I'm going to do this. 
if this happens again, I'm going to do this. This is my line. This is my boundary. Here's what I'm drawing. So make sure you have those if-then if agreements really well-defined. Supervisors, with your peers, with yourself, with everybody, with the organization. Understand it. You know, make sure. And you stick to it. Right? Be, don't, this is a hard one. It's really hard. But it's really important. Do just do not make any compromises on your success, on your happiness. Don't make exceptions because that's where that cycle, you kind of get your toes in the door again, right? And they start to violate that cycle again. You get back in it as soon as you make concessions, as soon as you compromise. Um, you know, you got to think about it. As you're setting these, defining these priorities, you know, ask yourself, what defines my success? How am I reviewed at the end of the year? What makes me a great whatever your role is, director of nursing, administrator, floor nurse, um, sales professional, what, you know, what defines me as a valuable employee for this organization? And again, what you're asking me to do, does it fit into it? If it does, great. Is it appropriate? Cool. Let's do it. If not, then no, not going to do it. Right. And what is kind of your overall role in the mission? Are you contributing to the mission? Is what they're asking you to do contributing? Is it appropriate? If it is good, if not, and you go back to that complete sentence of no. All right. All right. We have we have reached kind of the peak. We've reached the uh, the top of our pyramid. OK, so we've satisfied communication. We're comfortable setting boundaries in all areas of our life. We understand ourselves, our workflow, our energy. And, and when we're talking, you know, how we're feeling about things, we are aligned with the mission of our organization. We've set priorities. We've told people how to treat us. We've coached them. We've taught them. We've told them what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. We've created those if-then statements. We've responded. We haven't reacted. We've been professional. We've done everything that we can. Now we're, we're still not out of the clear. We're not quite getting respected the way we need to. Our boundaries continue to get violated. So now it's time for the peak. You have to Respect yourself enough to have an exit strategy, right? If you do all of those things and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, man, I did everything I could. I really explained this well. My communication's on point. I've set boundaries. I've practiced it in other areas of my life. I'm good at it. You know, I understand myself. I understand my energy's off here. I'm aligned with the mission, but what they're asking me to do is outside of that. Nobody respects my priorities. I'm not being heard. I'm not being valued. Then you need to have an exit strategy. And that is such a freeing thing. If you don't feel like you're held hostage, if you feel like you can make an exit if needed, then you're going to put up with less. You're going to tolerate less. People that that don't have an exit strategy, that maybe don't have, you know, in, in the healthcare setting, you don't have a license, right? You feel like you're held a little bit more hostage. If um, you don't, if you haven't advanced your education to a certain point and maybe you feel like, man, I, I don't know if I can go get another job. All of a sudden you're going to take a lot more abuse. You're going to let people violate your boundaries a lot more than somebody that feels like very confident in their skill set and could go get another job somewhere else. Then they're, you know, they, they feel a lot more empowered to kind of set boundaries. So you have to have an exit strategy because if you do, it's very freeing. It's very, very empowering that then you're like, hey, look, I don't need to put up with this. I'm fine going somewhere else. So uh, if you're not valued, you know, it might be time to move on. Now, that's not to say that the grass is greener. Everybody knows that like, hey, everyone has their problems, all kinds of there's all kinds of culture issues at other places. But if you really feel like, hey, look, 
it's just I'm doing everything I possibly can and I'm not getting the respect that I deserve and this just continues to happen. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, then it may be time to to move on. You want to get out of that vicious cycle, however you have to. Um, you know, I think most people have heard this story. It's been told. There's books about it. There's there's all kinds of different you know, speakers that talk about it, whatever. But, um, you know, talk about changing your environment, you know, and it's the, it's the story of a coffee bean. Right. So there's like coffee bean and a carrot and um, and an egg. Right. Coffee bean, carrot and an egg. Right. And they're all put into pot of boiling water. Boiling water is the environment. Right. What happens to the egg? The egg gets really rigid and hard and, you know, now it's it's tough and it's a, it's a boiled egg, right? It gets it is affected by its environment. You put the carrot in the same, you know, pot of water, boiling water, um, carrot gets soft and mushy. You know, it's it's getting stepped on. And that's where a lot of people are right now. Right. Boundaries. Right. We're getting walked on. We're soft. We're that carrot. Now, what happens when you put the coffee bean in the boiling water? It changes the water, which is the environment. It changes the water to coffee, right? So you have to try to be the coffee bean. You have to try and change the environment around you through your behaviors, through all the things that we talked about. Now, if you, if, but if you continue to try and you're putting your best effort in and the environment's just not changing, you're starting to feel either like that egg or that carrot, you feel like you're getting smashed or you feel like you're being an asshole because you're turning into this rigid person that's unhappy. You can go back to listen to your energy. You're feeling that way. The environment's changing you. It might be time to to then remove yourself from the environment, go on and go try and change the environment somewhere else and be that coffee bean. Okay. So really try and look at that. Um, your behaviors in that same vein of changing your environment, your behaviors, your habits, good or bad, they're infectious. So they have influence on other people. And so as you start to set boundaries, other people will set boundaries too. And the team collectively will start to, again, be great at their role. And then there will be less slack to pick up from other people being ineffective. And the team will stop tolerating mediocrity and they'll start making sure everybody is being the best version of what they can be in those roles. So make sure that your behavior, the way that you're modeling this is appropriate so that other people start to catch on. They start to set boundaries. And now you have a whole team of people who are being the best version of themselves and not having to pick up each other's slack because they're so focused on getting their stuff done at a high level that now everybody's better, okay? So all those things, just be prepared and comfortable with change. Just in case, again, you have to execute on that exit strategy, make sure there's a few things in line. And again, maybe this takes a little bit of time that you're simultaneously getting, you know, again, being able to put yourself in a position to make an exit, create your exit strategy. There's a few things that you've probably got to get in line while you're working on setting boundaries. And so, again, you don't want to be held hostage. So make sure you're saving a little bit of money, right? Your bills are in order. So you're not financially going, oh, my God, I can't lose my job. I just better do whatever they say, right? Make sure you're financially taking care of, you know, being responsible in that department so that if you have to make a change, you can get yourself to a situation where, like, hey, if I didn't have a job for 30 or 60 days, like, it's not the end of the world. I'll be okay. Everybody's still going to eat. We're still going to be fine because I'm being fiscally responsible. So make sure, you know, the people that get walked on a lot of times are the people that are desperate for a paycheck. So you're desperate for a paycheck. Now, all of a sudden, people are going to treat you differently because they know you can't go anywhere, right? You're held hostage, literally held hostage. So try to prevent that by taking care of taking care of business on that on that financial end. Being fiscally responsible will help free you a little bit, right? Discipline in that area helps you to set boundaries for yourself. Um, make sure your resume is up to date. 
right? That's an activity you should do annually. Make sure you put your accomplishments in, add little bullet points to whatever you did this year. It's good reflection. It's good behavior to put stuff on your resume. Make sure it's up to date so that if you ever have to put some feelers out there, that thing's current and you're not, it's not so daunting to go over it and go, oh my God, I haven't updated this thing in 20 years. I've been at the same place, you know, and now the nursing home sold, there's this new company that, man, I hate these people. I got to go and I haven't even built a resume in forever. I don't even know how to use a computer. Do it before it is required and it makes it a lot less stressful. Okay. Bite-sized pieces. Um, I encourage everybody for this exit strategy piece, make sure that you, you have a strong network. Okay, you you are networking with people in the post-acute space and that you have a good reputation. People bring good people along. People reach out to good people. There are open positions. There are good open positions. A lot of times those never make it to a job board. They never get advertised because they're filled by people that know one another. They pick up the phone and say, hey, man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go out there and recruit because when you're recruiting for a position, when you put it on a job board, you're looking for somebody that either doesn't have a job or isn't happy. A lot of times when you interview people, man, you're, you're interviewing people that are real good at interviews because they're always looking for a new job. So you get fooled a little bit on that. But the more you network, the more you have a good, strong reputation in your care setting, your industry, your, you know, for us, a care setting, for others, an industry. Um, but in the post-acute care setting, the better reputation you have, opportunities arise. So make sure that you're on someone's mind when when a cool opportunity comes up and then it makes that exit strategy a heck of a lot easier. And then when your employer knows how valued you are, how highly sought after you are, they're going to respect you. I promise you that. So um, and then just study other organizations. Know where the good organizations are in the areas that you operate in so that if you do have to make a change, you don't end up in the same situation. You know who's good. And you know who to avoid. <laughs> and then I think finally in this exit strategy piece is just make sure that you're always kind of trying to advance your own skill sets and your education, especially if you're a caregiver, if you're an operator, if you're a salesperson. You know, a lot of times, you know, for nurses and administrators, you have to have a license, right? But there's other skill sets, too, that you should have that can make you more valuable than other folks. Where can you learn more? Where can you become more proficient? Where aren't you as strong that you could get a little bit better. Same thing for sales folks. Salespeople, um, a lot of times you guys are the first people to be blamed for underperformance and stuff. So you really should be, you know, making sure that you are learning new skills, making yourself even more valuable than the next person, more valuable than just the census number. Uh, and the more valuable you are, the harder you are to replace, the more you are respected, the more your boundaries are respected. So make sure you have an exit strategy. I think all of those things contribute to building a good exit strategy and you building the confidence to be able to move on if that, in fact, becomes a reality. So guys, that is a, that is the legacy hierarchy of boundaries. That's what we came up with. Um, it's a new thing. Maybe some edits over time, but I think it's it's a hell of a place to start. I think for people that are dealing with with boundaries that feel like you're stuck in that cycle of boundary violation that we talked about at the beginning, people are constantly putting more on your plate, constantly expecting more of you, even though it might not be your role or your responsibility and you're, you're feeling underappreciated and overwhelmed, then I think you need to really take a look at this, look at these steps, see where you can improve in these areas. And then at the end of the day, if you reach reach the top of it and you can get to where you need to, then it's time for an exit. It's time to make a good exit, get yourself into a situation that's going to be more favorable to your overall mental health, your satisfaction, your happiness. Okay. So again, just a quick review, you know, bottom level, 
most foundational, fundamental thing you got to take care of is communication proactively. Make sure you're communicating, making making sure that people understand, you know, what is expected of them for you. Okay. Set boundaries in all areas of life. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Understand yourself, understand your energy, listen to yourself. Something seems off, probably is. What do you need to do to fix it? Make sure you're aligned with the mission of your organization. If you're not, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to feel fulfilled. So make sure that you're aligned with that mission. Once you establish those things, then define your priorities. Let people know. Proactively communicate like we talked about before. Make sure you proactively communicate what your expectations are. No is a complete sentence. Use it sometimes. Don't use it all the time, but use it sometimes effectively. And then at the end of the day, if people aren't respecting you, if they're not respecting those boundaries, if you've fulfilled each one of those steps in the pyramid in that hierarchy, if you've done everything to satisfy those, then when you get to the top, you know, make sure you have an exit strategy and make sure you're prepared to execute on that strategy if the time comes, if you're not being respected, because you deserve respect and you certainly deserve support. So that's what we have, guys. Again, appreciate you. That is a subject that came from you all, so I hope it was helpful. Thank you for for giving that to us. Uh, if there's something else you guys want to hear about, if you guys have thoughts, opinions on this, please reach out. We we love to hear what you guys are saying. We appreciate all the feedback that we're getting from you. We really um, we're really excited about it and grateful for it. So again, if you if you have a subject you want to hear about, if you have thoughts on this subject or another one, reach out to us. Our website's qualitylhc.com. Go to the Pillar Talk tab, drop us a line, let us know what's going on. Um, got a few things coming up. I will definitely get you guys some details on places that we're going to be, where we can interact in person, which is our favorite thing to do. But for now, um, just continue to be great, be amazing. I hope you guys are attacking 2024 and that uh, everything is going as planned or better. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>